Well, why don't you two hike up to the park and tell your mama lunch is about ready? Yeah, Timothy hollered, and on the way, I'll be Snowshoe Thompson, and Douglas can be the grizzly bear. I was the grizzly bear yesterday. No, you weren't. Was too. Nope, you were the mountain lion yesterday. Judith watched as Timothy Kingston and Douglas Day trotted up the sidewalk to the west. Across the street, a girl wearing a ground-length yellow cotton dress waved her arms. Hi, Grandma Judith. Hello, Alicia, darling. Are you hungry? I could eat a whole pie. I'll go get Daddy and Grandpa Judge. The six-year-old disappeared into the small white parsonage, and Judith stepped back inside her kitchen. Marthellen Farnsworth wore a white apron identical to Judith's while stirring a huge pot of beef stew at the stove. How many are we serving? Let's see. You, me, the judge, David, Timothy, Alicia, Douglas, his mother. Marthellen took a quick taste of the boiling stew and poured in some salt. Barbara Day is eating with us? That's what Douglas said. I didn't see her at church. She sat in the back. She came in late and left early, before the benediction. Is Duffy coming too? I don't know if he's around town or not. If he does, you know he won't use a chair at the table. Where's Roberta? She took a lunch out to Turner. She's going to eat with him at the mill, Marthellen said as she eased the heavy lid back onto the stew pot. Judith sighed. I'm glad to see Turner so hard-working, but seven days a week. The Lord gave us a day of rest to remember him, to be with his people, to— I know, it's worried me, too. I hope he's not backsliding in his faith. I thought of Turner when David was preaching about giving our whole heart to the Lord. I'm hoping it's temporary— Surely he'll get back to church when the mill is in operation. Judith pulled out the Sunday silver and china, and Martha Ellen helped her spread the cream-colored damask cloth over the mahogany table. It will be nice to have the judge with us for a meal, Martha Ellen commented. He's been eating downtown a lot more since David and the children moved back. The older he gets, the more he seems fond of quietness. Judith placed a crystal vase filled with purple larkspurs and daisies in the center of the table. I don't think that's entirely it. He dearly loves the children. However, he's had several cases that have troubled him. He keeps poring over the transcripts. That's when he needs a sanctuary that provides privacy, a place where he's not jostled about. Marthellen tucked double satin damask napkins by each plate. Then they both gazed at the dining room window, where two lizards crawled. From the underside, the lizards seemed like twins. But Judith noticed the feet. On one, the appendages had rounded balloon-shaped endings. On the other, the toes were elongated, with one reaching longer, like a child making turkey shadows on a wall. When did you say Daisy Bell Emery would return home? Marthellen asked. Not until tomorrow. Well, 
Time must be flying because it certainly looks like Daisy Bell driving up in Chug Conley's hack. Judith ran into the living room. When she peered through the gauze curtain on the glass and oak door, she saw the matron of Carson City Society being escorted out of the black leather carriage. How did she manage to take a whole day off her trip? Judith said aloud. She yanked off her apron and scurried out the door. Daisy Bell, I was planning to meet you at the depot tomorrow. Daisy Bell Emery released Chug Conley's hand. Oh, I know, Judith, dear, but the nicest thing happened in Omaha. Mr. Leland Stanford was sending his empty private car back to San Francisco on the express and insisted that I take it. Oh, he's such a darling man. Hmm, I've never heard anyone call Leland Stanford a darling man. Not even...